Eric Crocker. Let's open with a question that I hope is simple, uh, but seems to get a bit murkier every single day that passes. Who will be the San Francisco 49ers starting quarterback this season? That's a great question. That's like the million dollar question. And, and, and you said a simple answer, but I don't know if there is one. I, I'd say right now, if, if the 49ers, Trey, Trey Lance is their starting quarterback. Now, things can change. Uh, maybe he doesn't have as great of a, you know, OTA and and mini camp and things like that. And they're like, oh, a little bit further away than we still expect. And we have this guy, Jimmy Garoppolo. We won a ton of games with him. He's still on the roster. But I'd say all things being equal and, and Trey Lance is doing well or yeah. well enough, he's a starting quarterback come week one. Okay, so let's put a pin in Jimmy Garoppolo and return to that a little bit later. Uh, and let's focus in on Trey Lance. I'm sure countless times you have reviewed the Arizona Cardinals game, the Houston, Texas game from, from last season. What will the offense look like under Trey Lance? You know, 86 dropbacks last season, 38 carries. I'll go into some stats in a little bit, but just from your perspective and maybe segments that you saw from those games that worked or didn't and what they can expand upon, what do you think a Kyle Shanahan 49ers offense looks like with Trey Lance as the full-time starting quarterback? I think closer to what we saw against Houston Texans. Now, a lot of people want to write off that game because he actually played well. And that doesn't fit the narrative of he needs to sit or he's not developed enough or whatever. And, and they keep pushing these narratives on this kid. But, you know, that was his second start. And I don't know, he missed a whole year of college football, played at the SES level. So, you know, he's had his up and down moments. But I'd say just from the standpoint of what the offense would look like ideally for Kyle Shanahan, more of what you saw in the Houston Texans game where there weren't as many designed runs. There were still a few, but not nearly as many as what we saw in the Arizona game where I think Kyle felt like, well, it doesn't quite have a grasp on exactly what it is that we're trying to do here, which it, most people you listen to, they talk about Kyle Shanahan's offense is like, extremely difficult to pick up. So I'd assume it's even more difficult for a guy just that hadn't played in a year. But this year, I'd assume he wants to add on to kind of what we saw in Houston game, which definitely a lot more under center, not as much as the, you know, pistol, the read option. There were a couple in there, but more of a traditional offense and then just use the legs as more of an extension of the offense, which I don't think he'll be called upon to use his legs as much as people think. It's interesting because that Arizona Cardinals game was in week five. The Houston Texas game was all the way in what week 17, a major yeah. gap from there. Um, we saw a good amount of Trey Lance, but maybe not as much as we thought we would um, in the preseason, especially not obviously early on in the season. There was a massive gap, you know, 12 weeks in the season for him to sit there and learn and not maybe, play a snap and not play a snap. And we know, and you've talked about this, a lot of people talk about this. Backup quarterbacks don't really get snaps in practice either when teams are contending and winning and all that type right. of stuff. Um, I think we all have this stuck in our brain of an offense because it's worked, as you pointed out, to start with Jimmy and Kyle, Kyle and Jimmy, creating an offense that works in that environment. But I, I went back, and these are just some fun with numbers, okay? Jimmy G's air yards last season per attempt, 7.4. That's eighth lowest in the league. His time to throw... 2.67 seconds. That was the seventh fastest. Then you look over at Trey Lance, tiny sample. Again, 86 dropbacks. But that jumped to 10.3 air yards per attempt, which would have been the highest by far in the league. And then his time to throw, how long he held the ball until he let it go, 
3.37 seconds. That's longest in the NFL by nearly three tenths of a second. So like, I guess my question is, are we going to see more Jimmy concepts with Trey or is it like an entirely new structured offense that you outlined it? Cause I, I thought in that Cardinals game, they put a lot in his plate, asked him to just make plays, but with his processing speeding up, hopefully this summer, are we going to get more of those, you know, crossing routes over the middle versus the deeper shots to the intermediate and downfield portions of the field? You know, I saw, I think there's two things there. All right. And one that works in his favor, one that works against him talking about Trey Lance. The thing that works, I guess, in his favor and what the 49ers probably would like, his eyes are just much more aggressive. And what I mean by that is, you know, you can have this little dump off for three yards that Jimmy Garoppolo takes. And if you look at 49ers uh, pass uh, catchers, the weapons out there, they're really good run after catch type guys. Well, he gets the ball in their hands and lets them do their things. Trey Lance has been looking for the bigger play. Now, when I say bigger, it's just instead of throwing a five-yard slant, he wants to throw a 12-yard out route, right? So I think when you see kind of the air yardage jump and you see Trey Lance's uh, ability or just mindset to kind of push the ball down the field, I think that contributes to more air yardage. I mean, there was a play in the Houston Texans game, and we saw him do something that we maybe saw one other time all year from the 49ers, and it actually took until the NFC Championship game where Brandon Ayuk ran a goal route down the left sideline and Jimmy Garoppolo threw it. That's the Aside from Trey Lance against Houston, throwing a goal route to Ayuk down the right sideline in the end zone, which should have been a touchdown, but the corner pulled away one arm, so he had to try to make a one-handed catch. It's actually a terrific ball. We hadn't seen that at all. And a lot of it was just because, well, Trey Lance's eyes just more aggressive, and he's more aggressive with pushing the ball down the field. Now, I say that, but I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan is just like, look, I like that you're aggressive, but can you just throw this slant route right here? <laughs> I got double slants. There was a play in the Houston Texans game where uh, Kyle Shanahan had double slants, and you could see it, and it's it's there. It's wide open, right? He could throw it to Kittle or the guy behind Kittle. Was this the three-step drop like, when the boss to get out there quickly and he held drop, on to it? Yep. Get the ball out. And he's like, mm, no, I don't like that. So he moves around. Rolls out to the right and throws for a first down. Now, it looks cool. It looks fun. But I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan's like, that is not what I want. I want you to throw that slant route, right? So he definitely brings another ability to the offense. What I'm curious to see if, if Kyle Shanahan kind of compromises a little bit, like what he feels like his offense should look like and run like, and, you know, and maybe not handcuff a young guy who is going to be more of a playmaker. Yeah. And and Kyle's going to have to fight with himself. And for those reasons, that might be a lot of the reasons why we haven't seen Trey Lance last season. As and well. even and even the velocity that you see on those comebacks and and throws outside the numbers, it's not even close. Like it's not even close for Trey. That's with with Jimmy 49ers. And again, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he does things at a very good rate. Like when you're talking about throwing, getting the ball out of your hands right now, boom, in somebody's hands in an area where they can catch a run. He works more over the middle. And it's it's dangerous. I heard Chris Sims say, you know, with with Trey Lance, the offense is less risky and more dangerous, right? And what he means by less risky is Jimmy Garoppolo, where he's good. Yep. Where where Jimmy's good, it's over the middle. And I don't know if any of you listening right now have ever tried to throw like a drive route, like a a dig, a slant. 
You have very, I just did like this little fake pro day. So I got a different understanding of it. <laughs> if you are off just a little bit, you're leading the receiver. It could lead to a tip, tip ball, interception. If you're off by a little bit, you can kind of barely overthrow a guy. There's very little room for error. And Jimmy Garoppolo lives in that area where he has done well. I think he at times can play at a top 15 level of quarterbacking. But if he's off just a little bit, I see. I think we've seen him kind of get in trouble from that standpoint as well. Quickly, Trey brings a whole different element inside the five and inside the 10 with his rushing ability. How much do you think that that's going to be utilized in this offense? Oh, it, it, it will be. And we've seen it. And, and not just from the rushing, right? Like the threat of the rushing. Trey Lance actually randomly threw the first touchdown of the season this year. Mm-hmm. against the Detroit Lions. So he's in, and it's like, oh, Trey Lance is in. His first touchdown, his first pass ever in the NFL. And he throws uh, he throws a touchdown on a whip route. But if you look at the defense, everybody steps up. Like, everybody is like, oh, their eyes are on him. And then it's like, oh, no, he's passing it. And he just throws an easy touchdown. So just the threat of him being in there and being able to run and them do some things with, with his legs, which they did a little bit last year, not as much as I think most people thought they'd see. But it definitely brings a different element, really just kind of open up the offense. Now, he and Kyle Shanahan still have to get on the same page and, and, and get consistent with what they're seeing and how Trey Lance sees the field. And Kyle still has to learn that. How does this guy see the field and how do I call plays to that? That's something Kyle is still trying to figure out. But it definitely helps having a, a dual threat guy like him in the red zone. Okay, we put a pin in Jimmy and let's unleash it right now. Um, it seems like the 49ers are totally averse to outright cutting Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, could this be a pride thing? Can it be something where the locker room, you can't outright cut someone who is so popular in, in the locker room? Is is there potentially real concern about Trey Lance's development? Like we talked about in OTAs and in training camp, this is kind of like their safety net a little bit because no matter if it's a trade, again, if it's waving, whatever, they saved $25 million. He's the highest yeah. on the salary cap by $13 million right now. To me, I'm leaning more towards the first two. A little pride thing with Cal Shanahan, but also, again, the popularity and getting nothing in return. Who knows what the, the dynamics inside that team and, and, and the group they already have, who really do love Jimmy Garoppolo, how that might change if that happens. You know, you're, you're really close there. Kyle Shanahan has actually... A lot of people think that he just says, like, coach speak, but he actually just tells you how he feels. He's very good at that. And some people think that he's lying. Some people don't. And I actually take him, like, if he says something, when Kyle doesn't want to say something, he gives a very a-hole type answer. And he's short. He's curt. He's brief. All of that. Yeah. And he's, he's like, and he almost comes off as, like, how dare you ask me this stupid question? Like, that's kind of how it comes (laughs) off, right? When they asked him about the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, he was very upfront with it. He said, look, tried to trade him. <laughs> we couldn't. He had an injury. He's still on our roster. And if we can't get rid of him, we don't want to just cut him. Because we look around the league. There's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that are not good. We've won a ton of games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why would we just cut him just because we have someone else on our roster? And he told everybody that. And I take him for what he said. Like, to me, that makes a lot of sense. There are a lot of teams. Look at the Carolina Panthers. They got Sam Darnold, and they might and they might have to look at a and rookie Matt quarterback for, yeah, with Matt yeah. Corral and try to see, oh, can we figure this whole thing out? Where Kyle's like, look, if there is no Trey Lance in the picture, are we even having this discussion about 
is Jimmy Garoppolo a starting quarterback in the NFL, which I think most people think he is. So I think from that standpoint, he just values him enough to say, I don't want to just cut this guy. Like Now, if you're willing to give me something, some compensation that we think is worthy for Jimmy Garoppolo, and that might not be much. It might be a fourth-round pick or something. But to give a team a quarterback that has been the in the two years that he has started, and there's a big issue there, right? Only two years because of injuries. But he's been to two NFC Championship games in the Super Bowl. Now, whether it's because the run game has a lot to do with that or the defense, whatever. But he's done enough to where he has won a lot of games with the 49ers, enough to where it's like, we don't want to just cut this guy. Now, a lot of people tie that to Trey Lance and, oh, well, he's not ready. And I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think Trey Lance, you know, maybe where he's at in his development, makes it to where you don't have to rush to make a decision on Jimmy. But I don't think that's the reason why Jimmy's still here. I think the only reason why he's here is because he's he's hurt. He has shoulder surgery. And the teams that were interested in him, they all fell back and went in a different direction. And now they're kind of stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. That's why he's still a 49 Before we get to the running backs and wide receivers, do you want to ask about the coaching staff? Because it's gone through a lot of turnover this offseason. And I think yeah. under the radar a little bit. I mean, obviously, Mike McDaniel's gone and upgraded to head coach with the Miami Dolphins. But Rich Gangrello is out as quarterback's coach. He's now with Kentucky as their, I believe, offensive coordinator. In steps Brian Greasy. Uh, Brian Greasy from the Monday Night Football booth. And again, we're sitting here in what, like May 18th? And I feel like no one's mentioning that Brian Greasy is now the quarterback's coach for Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And then you also have Anthony Lynn coming from the Detroit Lions in as running backs coach, and they've promoted someone else to, I believe, offensive coordinator. Anyways, is there anything we can read into all these coaching staff changes, or does it even matter because it's Cal at the top and everyone kind of follows in behind him? Uh... I'm trying to figure out how much I can I can say without say it giving Eric. anything away. But I, from everything that's being r- reported, and I, I've heard this directly from someone that's you know, but Scangarillo he wasn't a big fan of Trey Lance. And there's so, been some like m- mentions out there in the media that Trey might not be ready, and maybe some dot connecting that it could be from Scangarillo as someone who's been departed. So I'd say. I'm right. They're more accurate than not to think that it's coming from Scrag Gorilla. And I think he's thinking like, listen, I'm going to let anybody and everybody know if this thing doesn't work out, I didn't have anything to do with it. So, you know, I get it. If he's trying to get another job in the future yeah. and all those type of things, cool. I think the issue is, and if you look at Kyle Shanahan and what his philosophy has been, and a guy like Rich who's kind of been around him, Kyle has had this philosophy of what he feels like a quarterback should look like. And Trey Lance is not that, even though Trey Lance was Kyle Shanahan's guy. So, you know, Rich is like, dude, we've been together on this. And now you switch up on me and, and go with someone that doesn't fit everything that we thought we want in our quarterbacks. So uh, I think there, that's part of it where Rich maybe had trouble kind of getting on board. And he's like, oh, project and all this, that, and the other. But there's that part. So from, you know, the coaching staff standpoint of him going out, I could see that. Now, with Brian Greasy coming in, I think that also has to do with Trey Lance. You know, you – I've heard at first I'm like, oh man, he's gonna have like this old school mindset. And then I listened to some sound bites and how he felt like the NFL was going with the younger quarterbacks and their different skill sets. And I'm like, oh, this might be something that works. And then you tie in Kyle Shanahan and Greasy playing for both Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan and understanding how they coach. And they're they're a little different. They're they are they are very throwback in the old school. And that can be a little difficult on maybe some of the younger guys, and we've seen it with 49ers players who get drafted high or get drafted, you know, first few rounds and they just don't play. 
Oh, yeah. Like young guys just don't play at all. And you're like, why is this not guy just not on the field? Well, Kyle, if he demands a certain level of readiness. And if you're not there, then you're just probably not going to play. And, but listen, Brandon Ayuk, his rookie year, did well, right? Uh, most people would say, hey, he did well. Oh, yeah. He, a lot of people were like, oh, man, we're drafting him fantasy. Kyle Shanahan came out and said, well, if we would have just been a little healthier, he would not have played his rookie year. Like, that's how that's how tough Kyle is on and that. We saw it at the start of last season, you know? And we then saw we saw it at the start of last season. He said, basically, this would have happened last year if guys like Debo and some of the other guys weren't hurt. So, yeah. Kyle, he's a little difficult when it comes to some of these younger guys. But I think Brian Greasy, who understands Kyle and Kyle's dad, can help articulate that to a young guy like Trey Lance. Okay, a couple more things. Uh, at the running back spot, we mentioned how Trey Lance is going to impact the running game and how there might be some cool, more different concepts out of there. Eli Mitchell broke out last season. and just 11 games played, he missed a handful. 207 carries, 963 rushing yards, five touchdowns. Um, Trey Sermon still has the highest investment in that backfield group. Fits in line with what you just mentioned about rookies not playing. Um, but while everyone got excited for him at this point last season, Tyrion Davis-Price was only selected five picks later in this year's draft, and there's been absolutely zero buzz. I, I went back because I'm a psychopath and watch all these post-draft press conferences. And when asked about this, because it kind of feels like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Eli has this backfield and then everyone else kind of falls in behind him. But they always have to go to like their fourth or fifth option at some point. And sometimes it happens early on the season. So maybe they are trying to just avoid that with the TDP selection. But how do you view this backfield heading into 2023 or 2022, which we can predict? They, they threw a wrench in everything I thought I knew about the backfield when they selected Ty Davis price. Right. And I just think just from a value standpoint, now this is evaluator Eric Crocker talking right now. I don't think you draft a, an insurance player in the third round. Yeah. Right. Like the 49ers definitely have gone through running backs. They definitely have had their injuries. You talked about Elijah Mitchell. He was hurt uh, for what? Three, four games last season, played a lot of it banged up. If you're saying, Oh, well, we want to draft a running back to just be some insurance just in case he's banged up. Then why don't you take one a little bit later? Cause there were some good running backs still available. And I get it. If you like him that much. Okay. Well, I'm drafting third round, but to me, especially for the running back position, just seems like a little bit of bad value there. Now, if you tell me that Ty Davis price was drafted because, Hey, there were some things with Elijah Mitchell. We were able to get by with it and he did well, but we're actually looking for a little bit more and you want Ty Davis price to come in and compete. And you don't think uh, Trey Sermon is quite that guy. Then it starts to make a little bit more sense to me. Even again, even if he doesn't unseat Elijah Mitchell, as the factor back, but maybe pushes him for carries and things like that, then it starts to make a little more sense. And when you watch Ty Davis Price run the ball, you can see so many things that they like with him. He he doesn't hesitate to hit the hole, uh, puts his foot in the ground, gets north right now, runs hard, has good speed. He talks about that being an underrated aspect to his game. So there's a lot to like. But again, Kyle Shanahan, the way he is with young guys, you just never know. We see, Like you said, we saw that with Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon non-factor? It's looking that way, but you know, I, I say this. Total it, unknown. It's on him. Yeah. It's it's up to him. And I'm pretty sure Kyle Shanahan and those guys, they probably had that same conversation with him. Look, yeah. this is what we are expecting this offseason. We're going to bring in guys, but we're going to play the best guy. We're going to play the hot hand. So if it happens to be you because you've come in and you've changed your body, you've changed the way you run, you've changed the way you see the field, and now it fits more of what we're expecting, then hell, 
you can be the starting running back. I think it will be more of a competition than a lot of people think. Trey Sermon, I'd say right now, starts off in third place, though. Okay, we open by talking about the passing game. We'll close with this. How do you think the Debo Samuel saga ends? And then also would love to get into a little bit of Brandon Ayuk because you mentioned how I can put our evaluator hats on. There were a lot of exciting things during his rookie year. It was a slow start to last season. And then just the passing game changes that we expect and outlined a little bit. But start with Debo, if you will. Yeah, with Debo Samuel, man, I I think he gets signed. Now, he and Kyle Shanahan have a great relationship. So it was weird to begin with that it just, whatever happened, fell apart so fast to where he's like, I I don't want want to be a 49er. Trade me away. Right? When he and Kyle Shanahan, and he has said, Kyle and him, like they have this great relationship. They talk every day about anything and everything, anything you think about. Like they they talk about those things. He doesn't even call Kyle coach. He calls him Kyle. All right. So I mean, they're that tight. So I'd assume that somehow they kind of massage this whole thing out and get it right. And Debo Samuel, who's I mean, he carried the 49ers oh, yeah. to the playoffs and in the playoffs, every which way, whether it was throwing the ball, running the ball, pa- catching the ball, returning kicks, whatever it was, like they put him in position to do those things. He is so pivotal on this team. And if they are going to have this explosive offense, they're going to need him to be a big part of it. So I'd assume, especially since he didn't get traded during the draft, that that will be uh, figured out soon. He should be signed. Okay, we saw a ton of Debo Samuel running back snaps. Do we think that those evaporate unless it's like uh, we have to? I, I'd assume that they go away from that a little yeah. bit. I would like for them to go more towards what they did at, with him as a rookie. They did a lot of the like little ghost motion, moon motion yeah. things where they toss it back to him and he'd hit the crease. Do those things to him. Like lining him up in the backfield and having him run in the A and B gap. Like I, I don't think I think you want to kind of limit those touches. And if you look at running backs, just historically, they get hurt at some point. They get banged up and they play games a lot banged up and, and whatnot. You don't want that to be the case with Debo Samuel. Limit those type of touches. Still give him carries because he's so good at it. But I don't think you'll see him used as a pure running back. And Debo like broke all the numbers and all the models with just how efficient he was on those touches. Um, on some level, I also think Eric that how exciting and electric and much of a playmaker he was on those touches that other people can't. It took away from people believing how great of a true wide receiver he is. And I hope we see that, right? Don't you agree? Oh, man. Dude, he was a 1,400-yard receiver. And I mean, it was like, oh, he's a running back. wide receiver talent. And, I mean, it was like by like week eight, week nine, he had 1,000 receiving yards. It, it just so happened that the 49ers had injuries, again, to Elijah Mitchell, some of the other uh, reserve running backs. Trey Sermon wasn't where they were expecting and they're like, well, dang, he's really our best running back. I mean, like, like he's averaging like six plus yards per carry. Uh, he had the most explosive runs for touchdowns in the league. I think he averaged like 20 yards per touchdown run. And he had eight of them. Like, you know, so it was like he was actually really good at it. And that took away from him catching the ball. But again, I think people have to kind of change their perspective on what this pure receiver is and just understand that people win different ways, right? The same way that Stefan Diggs wins is a lot different than how A.J. Brown wins. The same way D.K. Metcalf wins is a lot different than the way Devontae Adams wins. The same way Debo Samuels wins is different than Cooper Cup. So guys just win different ways, but are they productive? Are they threatening the, the game? Are they making guys have to account for them? And Debo Samuel definitely did that, whether it's in the regular season or the postseason as a receiver. 
Listen, how hard is it to formulate an offense where you throw a slant to someone, a screen to someone, a dig to someone? Like he excelled at those things and was yeah. the he averaged 18 yards per reception <laughs> and probably had some of the lowest uh yards per target, you know, like on, on the pass in the air. So it's like it how is this not a real receiver? I, I you see, I'm a little defensive about that. Oh, yeah, and, like, and I don't and truly I'm, understand it. I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna have to defend him all summer because people from our fancy football bubble are gonna be like, fade him at cost, fade him at cost. And so, I'm glad I'm just gonna replay this last two minutes that we've had and then <laughs> say that all summer. Um, we've gone for 24 minutes, I told you 12 minutes, it's because I, I couldn't stop talking to you, Eric. Thanks so much. Um, everyone out there, if you enjoyed this, lockdown 49ers. Locked on NFL Draft, and most importantly, and it's linked in the description down below, the Eric Crocker channel on YouTube. Go and find it. He's doing incredible work. Yep, go and do it. All right, Eric. Thanks so much, buddy. Really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on.